you think Santa Monica Studios, like on their fireplace mantle, they've already like pushed away to make room <laughs> for the for the Game of the Year award? They're like, guys, we got this. We got mm. this. If they win, I'm gonna like say Sony's Sony's. There's some unfair stuff going on here. Kevin's busting out the tinfoil pitchfork already. Uh, <laughs> yeah, get the tinfoil hat already. <laughs> I would just be very disappointed. Dude, Sony loves that cloud. Look, I, really I, I, there's plenty of real people. There's plenty of real people at my work, uh, other Discord channels that I'm in that are praising the crap out of this, and I can't. I, I have no idea why. They're all friends with Corey Barlog. kind of like the lull but before the holidays you mm-hmm. know because like i get to catch my breath a bit before the insanity happens again so i like this time a question about the holidays yeah sure and, and and i asked mike this already uh but uh and this is not coming from any scrooge perspective at all i just just christmas music scrooge. very grating to you guys yes it to be so annoying because it's the same songs over and over again and it's like immediately I start seeing YouTube ads for like the same goddamn songs I've been hearing since I was a young child. It's like, can we get some new music? That's all I'm asking. Just get some new music. It doesn't have some to be new not new Christmas music, just new Christmas songs, like yeah. other songs, new melodies. Okay. I have a thought about that. Like okay. I, I love, I'm like one of those weirdos who, who loves Christmas. Like my favorite time of the year is basically Halloween to my birthday in February. The rest of the year sucks. But uh, Christmas really? is good. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, I'm that's like, like almost the half opposite. the year. Yeah. I'm yeah. like the complete opposite. I'm like I love January. I love February. No, no, I love, I love January, summer. February. I, I, I love uh, I, after. It's, it's basically. So I like April. Christmas just for just saying, just, just the yeah, yeah. note in there. Yeah, but, okay. but Christmas music can be pretty bad. But there's a big gamut of it. I, I do. I think I said this last year. Mannheim Steamrollers, like 1984 synthesizer music is I love. I can listen to it over <laughs> and over. I've been playing that for my my little guy. He likes it. Uh, and <laughs> that's not what I hear when I go when I one go out. more thing. This is this is going to be unexpected, but Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas Is You." No, no, I'm a fan. I don't like the rest <laughs> no. of the album, but I am a fan of that song. Oh my gosh! Oh no! <laughs> oh my no, gosh! Aaron's, Aaron's, Aaron's part of the problem. A, <laughs> Aaron's dropping a huge he's, bomb right he's now. He's why we have to listen to this. <laughs> Yeah, I could just imagine all of these like dads who just see, like secretly listen to that song. Like they just like love it. Yeah, so. it's catchy. What can I say? My yeah, favorite no Christmas. No my, my favorite Christmas tune is just the whole soundtrack of Eyes Wide Shut. That's my. Oh favorite yeah, yeah. Okay. Christmas tune. That's uh, actually I should watch that movie this year. I have the Blu-ray, which I've never watched. Although I have this problem. I see I see people recommending physical media ownership, but every time I buy something like I, I had a huge dvd collection those things are worthless now i'm not watching those my blu-rays are are the, because they're you know 1080p they don't have hdr they're not 4k what, what am i am i like just getting fomo or should i just watch this <laughs> on blu-ray watch it i don't know just do it do, do you ever, it do you ever find that like you watch something that's like super great and you kind of like forget what the definition of it is and you just enjoy it and you don't even care anymore like like 240p YouTube videos from not 240p YouTube videos, but like I when I was watching uh, Curb, but I had saved on my computer for years mm. with my girlfriend before I got HBO Max, and <laughs> I noticed that watching it in 480p was like like era fitting. 
Like it fit the show because it was like a 2000s show. So watching it in 480p was like, I also like didn't care after like 10 minutes. Sure. Yeah. I think the first season actually is like 480p. Like it was, re- it was recorded like very lo-fi. Yeah. You know, I, I had that thing, but not like with technology, but with like, like culturally, like I rewatched 2001 A Space Odyssey a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And yes. No, no, just like just on HBO Max or something. I think it was on HBO yes. Max. It was, but I was watching it and, and like all of the uh, f- like everyone looked like they were from the '60s. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just kind of funny watching it because I'm like associating it as this futuristic Kubrick movie that was predicting the future, and then everyone's just a '60s stewardess. <laughs> I really yeah. love uh, the Pan Am product placement in that yes. movie. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I rip all my Blu-rays uh, because I have a Plex server, and I find that I do not get up to fetch media at all. So I have like a collection of Blu-rays that oh, I almost nice. never touch. Mm. I kind of like doing that now. I know it's weird. There's something satisfying about putting the thing in and watching it's, it. It's probably the ritual. <laughs> it's the ritual. I think, you know, I heard that like uh, when we get shoes in the mail from Amazon, we don't find them satisfying. But in the old days, they had to like get shoes made by like a shoemaker and it took like two weeks. And like that was more satisfying apparently or like there's something about the work involved. It's, mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyways. Well, have you guys ever bought like a Criterion Collection DVD? Mm-hmm. Robocop. Those, yeah, yeah, DVD. Those... I have a whole collection of Criterion Collection DVDs which are now like the special features are like you can't watch that, right? 480p right. DVDs. I, f- I feel Why not? like. I mean, you can still watch them, but. Is that how anyway. I want to watch The Godfather or like uh, you know The Seven Samurai? I want to get the the latest scan. I got you, but like it, it's the reason why I bring up Criterion Collection is because Criterion Collection fetishizes the having the object thing so much. Like the cover looks so nice. You open it up; it's a nice booklet. Mm. It's mm-hmm. almost designed for people who only watch the movie once, but then they just like having it, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, it's like those uh, hardcover edition books people put on their bookshelves and they never read. They're like, yeah, yeah, Brother's Karma's off. Uh, Moby Dick. Oh, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, sure. there's, uh, there's Salo, 120 Days of Sodom. I never mm. watched it, but it's just on my bookshelf. <laughs> Yeah, uplifting movie. Uh, uh, all right, uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about news. The Game Awards came out. There was a bunch of announcements. We're probably going to talk more in depth about that next time. Uh, but uh, you know, way to go, God of War, huh? Really deserved all those nominations. We're, we're proud of it. We're rooting. We're rooting for God of War, right? Oh yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I bought the big giant foam finger that says God of War number one, Dad. Totally. <laughs> I'm all about the dads. I'm all about video games not being video games and just telling me how to play them because uh, I'm a submissive. Yeah. You know, I don't like having agency in my life. What I like is to load up a game and then just put my controller down and watch it. I really love long takes, you know, shot coverage. Who cares, right? Who cares? We don't need that editing. I guess uh, I guess we'll hear more about that in a minute, but uh... <laughs> Kevin, uh, no, I'm not even rooting for it sarcastically. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> you're like I'm consistent. It's <laughs> uh... <laughs> so good. Yeah. Don't yeah, don't don't passive aggressively root for God of War. Uh, okay, 
what Mike, you, you posted something that's kind of hard to fathom. Um, amnesia, open world. Yeah. So frictional games, frictional studios, um, they announced a new amnesia game uh, called the bunker. And mm-hmm. they're, tr- they, they said that they listened to a lot of the feedback from their last game, uh, amnesia rebirth mm-hmm. about it just being sort of a linear, uh, scripted, kind of horror game so they're looking more for unscripted events and they 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 kind of said open world Hmm. um Hmm. so basically a lot of the puzzles there'll be multiple ways to solve it uh maybe even bypass it altogether Um, i think that's really interesting uh one of the things that i've always really enjoyed about uh frictional games is they still write their own engine and Mm -hmm. i don't know if amnesia the bunker will still be that I've always found it interesting because they detail a lot of their thought process behind how they're making their engine, but it does show its limitations. And I'm a little curious uh, how they're going to adapt that to an open world. But I'm excited, um, even though, to be honest, uh, Rebirth was my least favorite frictional games game. Yeah, uh, yeah. I feel the same way. But, like I mean, but Soma is one of the best <laughs> games I've ever played. Um not for its gameplay, but for its its storytelling and just a lot of the the thoughts and ideas that that were present. So, I hope uh, the bunker is less of a team B kind of feel and more of like a team A. But we'll see. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same ballpark as you. I would be way more enthused about this game if not coming out of Rebirth because I was really underwhelmed by Rebirth. But I have hope because Soma, again, is one of the best narrative experiences of the past 10 years or something. So I, mm. I, I have some hope that it will be good. It also had good scariness, too. Like, there was some good atmosphere and creepiness in that game, too. Like, it was succeeded on all of those fronts. It was just, like, really good. I guess it is. I always think their best game is, is The Dark Descent, but maybe maybe Soma is their best game. I think it is. It, I, think I just feel like the Dark Descent like, changed horror games forever. Like It was such a seminal work, is how I view it. The other thing that I really like about that studio is they always have like a zip file of all the artwork and the models. And mm-hmm. every single game that I play where I enjoy the creature design, I always wish, like, man, I really just want to inspect that model. Uh, and they, and yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Just a lot of the FromSoft stuff. So I appreciate that they do that. And they usually uh, password protect it with like a little Easter egg. So like you have to figure out the password by playing the game and then you can unlock it. That's cool. They do that. I didn't know that actually. Mm-hmm. That's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. We'll get some of some characters next time. That is really cool. All right. Well, that's exciting. Um, let's, uh, let's move on guys. We, we, we hinted at this already, but, uh, Oren took one for the team. Mike, uh, I guess you both took one for the team. I, I don't know. Tell me yeah, about this God of War. Uh, how about this? I'll let Mike uh, cue it up, but I definitely have thoughts on it. Let's okay. It up. So uh, I got God of War on my PlayStation 4. Uh, I don't have a PlayStation 5. And I, I think I was sort of the odd man out of this crew that I, I did enjoy the previous God of War, 2018. Uh, I started playing God of War Ragnarok, and I actually can't believe how much I hate it. Um, technically, 
it's it's an amazing technical feature, right? Like on the PlayStation Four, it looks phenomenal. I, I am I am super impressed with that. But there's something about how it's literally beat for beat the same game as 2018. Like how it opens up, how you have that first fight with Thor. Uh, I mean, it's very much the same thing as Balder. All of the set pieces. Um, there's nothing interesting, and I think the combat is. M- substantially worse now maybe i'm misremembering 2018's combat but this feels like it's just terrible all around the monsters are bad um like the parry timing seems worse and it's just it's not it's not interesting i'm not i'm not having a good time and i'm about eight hours in wow yeah i uh i guess i'll kind of piggyback off of that um i i liked the first god of war uh, well enough, but if I were to score it, I'd give it an eight out of 10. I thought it was a good video game. The story didn't really resonate with me as much as other people, but I thought it was good for what it was. I just think it's overrated. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was kind of going into this game thinking I was going to have like a good time at least. Maybe I wouldn't love it in the way that I everyone else is loving it, but I'm about eight hours into, I think I'm, I'm around the same place Mike is. And I'm just getting so frustrated with how this game just has no faith in me as a player to figure stuff out. It's like the the exploration feels like like there's always a character, whether it's Atreus or Mimir being like, huh, maybe you should go up to that chest. There might be something cool in it. Huh, there's a rope up there. Maybe you should climb up it. There should be there might be something up there. Huh, this this puzzle like this trough, maybe water needs to go into it. And the game Mm -hmm. is just constantly doing that. And it's even reflected in the level design. Like the level design doesn't really have any sense of exploration. Like everything is just kind of there for you to find. And I don't remember, like I played Ghost of Tsushima and I played The Last of Us Part Two, And I don't remember those games being this handholdy. Maybe I've just grown as a person, but I think this is Sony overload. Like this is too much Sony. And I'm surprised not enough critics are talking about it because the game is getting so much effusive praise. Yeah, I I feel the same way. Like I I love environmental puzzles, right? Uh, I think yeah. I've I've brought that up in many games, and that's that that's always one of the things that I enjoy the most, and, and it really stands out. Like Call of the Sea had more engaging environmental puzzles than God of War, and God of War cannot get out of its own way. Like two seconds in, it's trying to tell you the solution. Just let me let me breathe. Let me take in this wonderfully rendered game and figure it out on my own. I don't literally need Mimir or uh, Atreus telling me the solution like well within 10 seconds. It's very frustrating. I, I, I'm having, here's another thing too. The game for some reason has decided it wants to be more of a puzzle adventure game, but at the same time, the game is constantly spoiling the exploration and the puzzle elements. Mm-hmm. And whenever the game is a combat game, there's only like at least so far in my eight hours that I've played it, there's there's only been like a handful of enemy types, and most of the time you're just fighting these little wretches that are like the size of your shoe, and they're not fun to fight. No, so, and, <laughs> like, what, and for, for some here? reason they absolutely destroy me. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm I it's it's like I'm frustratingly stomping bugs with my feet almost, and I'm I'm always about to die. 
Uh, it's also comical that when you play Atreus, he is more powerful than Kratos. Like, I, I don't know how this design element came through, but he's literally killing the same enemies quicker than Kratos does when you're when you're playing him versus Kratos. I know his his arrows are so overpowered and also just... Yeah, I'm the god of war. Like, when you right. play a god of war game, it should be like Doom 2016, right? Like, you're ripping stuff apart. But, like, it's just... It feels more like an Uncharted game in a way that doesn't make sense. Like, I just don't understand the design philosophy. There's a, like, honestly, the ludonarrative dissonance debate needs to come back for this game because this is not a God of War game. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, the other thing that I kind of want to touch upon is how bad of a dad Kratos is. (laughs) And so, 2018 God of War... I was frustrated through most of the game because I just I, I I was like Kratos, you need to open up. He's your son, right? Like, give the kid a hug. Tell him you love him. Okay. In that whole game, you it finally does sort of build up to that. Like Kratos, you know, he 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 lets down his barriers and and he's he's a little bit more honest and open. And then you're right back in the same place with Ragnarok. It's like they literally did. There was no growth, and it made me think of The Last of Us, where Joel isn't exactly a good person. Right. Right. But in the part, in part one, it, 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 he, he, he breaks down, he accepts Ellie as his own. And that continued in last of us too. Like you could tell that they had a relationship. It, it was still marred by, you know, a big dark secret, but you could tell that that growth continued on and there's none of it, it, which is also why I felt like, this is a clone carbon copy of the first one, not just uh, the, the the pacing of the story and the structure of it, but literally where they are emotionally with each, with each other. It's terrible. Yeah, I um, I remember at the end of The Last of Us Part Two, during that uh, final flashback with Joel and Ellie, like I was so invested in that re- that relationship that I cried for like ten minutes, and the mm-hmm. video games like don't do that to me. Like it was like waterfalls. I was just so destroyed that Ellie like all like that was the moment where they finally forgave each other and they could move on, and then all that horrible stuff happened. In this game, I just don't see moments like that. Or that relationship with Atreus and Kratos. I just don't see the chemistry. I think Atreus is incredibly annoying. Atreus might be the most annoying video game character I've ever experienced. He's so <laughs> he's so patronizing and he doesn't sound like he's a teenager. He sounds like he's like a 35-year-old game developer telling you what to do. Like, oh, the, there's three braziers over there. Maybe you should light them. He's a Gary Wait, Sue, right? He's a, he's a Gary Sue? Yeah. <laughs> a Gary yeah, he's Sue, that. yeah. He has no yeah. like flaws. He's just like super annoying, and I just really don't like Atreus. I just if Atreus dies at the end of this game, I'm gonna be like, fine, fuck him. Like he was annoying. <laughs> 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 like who cares? Fuck him. Uh, he also has those weedonisms that you guys have mm. uh, pointed out, right? Like, oh, you're on fire, but I guess you knew that already. It's like, oh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for the quippiness. I, I, I hated that line so much. Oh my god. Orange. Oh god. It sounds like the worst game that this is like the most anti-Kevin game you could everything you guys have told me. Like, I will not play this game. 
You would absolutely Some people like it, it, but I will not play this game. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds really I, not like it's a game. I listened to well, Nextlander talk about it, and like yeah. the criticisms that Vinny Caravella gave, which are which were literally none of the things that you guys said, completely different criticisms, made me not want to play this game. What the fuck? Why are people so excited? And I have no idea why people are praising it for its writing, because eight hours in... The first six hours is, we need to find Tyr. Boy, you don't want to find Tyr. We need to find Tyr. Boy, it's like, it's the same loop. (laughs) And the characters are all way too American sounding, uh, which the one thing I liked about Assassin's Creed Valhalla and, uh, you know, even Origins is that they try to be true to the character's origins, right? Like, I want to hear people sound like they're from Scandinavia and not like the cast of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. (laughs) Like, Odin is the most New Yorker character. He might as well have said, Oy vey, my ex. (laughs) And he literally does say, my ex, which is also a terrible uh, anachronism. Yeah, I'm, uh, I guess on the bright side, because I don't want to completely trash this game. uh, There is one side quest that I thought was really strong um, that happens early in the game. That really surprised me thematically and narratively. However, that is the one time where I was like, okay, that I could see where the 10 out of 10s are coming from in a sea of like bad vibes. So I don't know. I, I, I don't really understand. It, it is interesting that this game is getting praised so much because I was listening to this podcast with a lot of the biggest influencers today, like Alana Pierce, Skill Up. Jake Baldino from Game Ranks and Yang Ye, who are like four of the biggest influencers right now. And they all talk about God of War Ragnarok like it's an axiom that it's the best game of the year. Like, oh, yeah, God of War Ragnarok's the game of the year. It's like, yeah, we don't even need to talk about it. And I'm like, what? what is this hive mind? Do, do, do games journalists just like this now? Do they like the handholdiness? Because it's just... This game feels like it's it's designed for like eight year olds with its hand holiness. Mm. Like there's no faith in the player. Like yeah. like Ghost Ghost of Tsushima felt way more mature than this. Like and way yeah. more graceful with its hand holding. Like what happened? I don't get it. I, yeah, I have a thought. Like as to the sort of like hive mind. Like definitely, it's the case that game critics are a real milieu like they all interact they they move from different companies they know each other not it's not like a cabal like they're all working together for the same purpose but like it's like a big loosely knit group of people who know each other and many of whom are tight friends and have worked with each other so they like subconsciously influence each other by their opinions on twitter the way they talk about things so there's this like i think like prestige fever that catches with certain things and it's like to, to get to catch the prestige fever you need to be coming from like an established franchise from an established developer zelda games have the prestige fever um it is crazy that like the people you were just mentioning like i don't understand why i should watch his video why skill up is such a huge fan of this game because um i usually find his his reasoning to be very clear and and, and easy to follow like even if i don't agree with him like it's, it's very clear why he likes something so i don't know well, my theory is based on the podcast I listen to is that they kind of judge this game like a Marvel movie, like a summer blockbuster. Like, oh, yeah, it's handholdy. Like the the characters are quippy. It's like a Marvel movie. 10 out of 10. So I'm grading it on a scale that isn't like an art movie. 
And I don't think that's an excuse. Like, I, mm. I still think the game really patronizes the character, like, all the time in a way that's very obnoxious. And I really hate it. And I'm just surprised that game critics are willing to overlook it with this game, especially when those same game critics will trash other games for it. Like why not that I like horizon forbidden West, but why does that game get that criticism? But Ragnarok doesn't, I don't, I don't get it to me. It's like the same evil, but I don't know. Uh, it's very, it's very strange. Um, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, there, there, there you have it. God of war Ragnarok. <laughs> I guess one last question for you guys. It sounds like you're both into the game, but from what I understand, this is like a fairly lengthy game, maybe 50, 60 hour game. Uh, do you think there's a chance that, that there may be, may redeem itself later on in the game? I know I kind of hate it when people say it gets good 20 hours in, but do you think maybe it could get good 20 hours in? I mean, it's, it's possible. And yeah. since I paid full price, uh, I will finish okay. this game. So, I mean, I'll come back and let you know if, mm -hmm. if I need to eat a crow, I will, I, you know, maybe it'll drastically change. I did find that the combat does get a little more engaging when mm -hmm. you get more like, you know, power-ups and upgrades just cuz it allows you to do more diverse moves, which kind of spice things up a little bit, but like the first few hours it was just horribly boring pressing that bumper. Uh, How many nonstop. games does Kratos need to beat before he can retain his skills? Why does he lose them every time? The guy's a god. He's a god of war. He's killed like every Greek god exists, and now some of the Norse gods. He's still. He's still, oh, I have to start back level one again. This new game. Yeah. Start over. yeah. <laughs> start over. What I, I wish is that. Games, but yeah. It, at least he got to work too. He loses them. Zeus takes his powers yeah, Zeus away. Zeus takes them, so it makes sense. That, that was awesome. I first thought I was like, oh my god, they're actually acknowledging it in the game. Like the story actually acknowledges <laughs> this game. They don't do that, right? They, don't do, they didn't do it in, in, the, in the remake or the reboot. Well, well, yeah, no, it's like, it's not like he checks his go. pockets and he's like, "Oh shoot, I forgot my axe." That would be amazing. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> it it does have a couple Joss Whedon moments about having the blade of chaos already, but mm -hmm. it still doesn't make sense because you're just getting wrecked by these little wretches, and it's just it just doesn't. It's very incongruous. You're playing, you're the God of War, and it's yeah. Kratos is like one of the most OP video game characters, like story wise. Like he like defeats titans and shit like massive huge takes out you know, whole pantheons yeah he's right? like super yeah. overpowered like i don't understand why is he such a pansy in this game <laughs> what happened well what, what, well what i don't understand too is that the critic game critics are so willing to overlook this i've I've seen so many like videos being like oh it's fine and i'm like what are you like friends with cory barlog like you can't say anything bad about this you have to turn every negative into a positive like it oh, is it's weird a, it's a marvel movie it's like like, like I, I, this is like it's nice to hear you guys complain about this because I've been complaining about this for a long time, and it, like I don't, it, and it, I feel like this is the thing I, I hate in games, and like I don't, I feel like the critics don't critique this stuff ever, and like I do feel like they, they have so much power, and like they speak for the audience, and like I, I just don't feel like it reflects how a lot of people feel. I what I liked, uh, so the, the old uh, Sierra Adventure game, Quest for Glory series. What I liked is that it would let you import your save file from the previous game. So when you started a game, you could either be like a whole, you know, clean slate, or you could carry over and it would have all your skill points from the last game. Uh, I kind of wish games would reward players for that sort of loyalty, right? Like, uh, like between 2018 God of War and Ragnarok, I played it on the same device with my same profile. It would have been kind of cool if it was like, oh, instead of being level one, maybe you're level five, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think there's interesting yeah. mechanics that 
designers could utilize like that to kind of make it less, you, you know, like, ooh, you, you know, you were stripped of all your powers for some reason. Mass Effect uh, does that. Yeah. Right. And also Bayonetta 3. If you play Bayonetta 1, you get all the Bayonetta 1 weapons. You get the Bayonetta 1 Bayonetta weapons and the Bayonetta 2 weapons. Same with that. It's like, hmm. and you can get the movesets from those games too, which is awesome. I love what that. What about kind the of haircut? Do you get the Bayonetta 1 haircut? Because I don't have the Bayonetta 1 and the Beehive. I, I don't have that outfit, but I, I'm sure you can get it in the game. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh... Well, I just remember a couple things, a couple last thoughts to put a bow on it. I just remember playing The Last of Us Part Two and just being engaged immediately. Like, I was, like, so engaged in what that game was doing from beginning to end. Some people argue that it's too long. That's justified. But I was still just so in it. God of War Ragnarok, I'm just, like, struggling to, like, just vibe with it. I'm, I'm just not vibing with it. And it just feels off the whole time. That's the first thing I wanted to say to whether I finish it. Who knows? I'll try my best. But And uh, I guess the other thing that kind of rankles me, like me a little bit is the um it it came out like right before the game awards were announced so it just kind of feels like this game is just riding off marketing and hype in a way Mm -hmm. that's kind of bothering me Mm -hmm. like it it really just feels like it's doing that yeah it's like those biopics in december right (laughs) the sort of oscar bait (laughs) yeah i I just don't like it and i don't like it even more because pentiment came out November 15th and it just missed the window, which is absurd. Like why should it not qualify? But whatever hmm. the Jeff Keeley is all about the hype. That's his whole brand. And I hate it, but that's how it goes. Hmm. Yeah. I think the, the game awards is like fundamentally a marketing platform. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's um, like, it's I still think going to win game of the year. I, I hope Oof. it's Elden ring, but I, I have a feeling I don't know. We'll see. I won't forgive them for what they did to Signalis. Oh, Signalis, yeah. I I just think, yeah, like Elden Ring is so much better. It's like not even a competition. Like, yeah, it's it's really frustrating. But I think a lot of the game journalists are going to vote God of War Ragnarok just because of hype culture. And recency bias, maybe. We'll see. I don't know. We could play some bets on that. I still think Elden Ring takes it because it's got the the lineage of Dark Souls is greater than the lineage of uh, at this point, like cr- even critically, it's like it's become such a like golden goose, you know, it, like Dark Souls is like with uh, maybe they think this way about God of War. But I feel like Dark Souls has entered this sort of like Nintendo level of like belovedness and half from soft products in general, I should say. Yeah. Uh, OK, let's talk about another game that was hugely hyped. And, and I think there's a little bit of a story here to set this up. So when you make a game in 2008 and it, and it turns out to be a classic that people are that is beloved and people people hold in really high esteem and then uh you know 14 years later you come out with a game that looks very similar and promises at least maybe more of the same people's ex- expectations can get a little bloated right a little high and, yeah. and i think that the callisto protocol has had this weird like like um arc i guess where it's it's like People were really expecting this game to be the next Dead Space, which I'm going to say it isn't. Um, but like, so so like the reviews were the review embargo was set for the day that it was released, which is always kind of a questionable sign. So the internet was already sort of like sleuthing around and saying, "Oh my God, does this mean that the game's bad? Is this is is it going to is it going to get really low review scores?" And people were like 
you know, wondering, like, you know, Oren was wondering, people were wondering about stuff, like, what's going to happen here, right? There was, like, a 20-page thread on Resetera about this. And then the first review leaked early that was, like, a 5 out of 10. So, so like, so it, like, went from, like, hype and, and like, this game... Like it was everywhere on YouTube. There were so many videos of like Glenn Schofield doing this. Like, like it was really like a lot of marketing dollars went into promoting it. <clears throat> so it was just like haunting my periphery. Uh, it came out. The review scores are, I would say, mixed because there's a lot of people that really like it. And there's a lot of people that don't like it. Um, I think it's sitting at like 76 on Metacritic, but like, like it seems to be more polarizing than just medium. Uh, what do you guys think? Well, what do you guys think of the people who played it? Because I haven't played it yet. I definitely, I'm, I'm curious about it. So, Kevin, do you are you liking it so far? Um, I really like it. Like, I'm like loving it actually. I like uh, it was. It's, it's one of those games that like when I had to go to bed last night, like and stop playing, like I didn't want to stop. Like I could, I could stay up late and just like I have a sleep schedule I try to stick with. But like, um, I'm really liking it. Like I had performance issues because I had the PC version, but those got patched the day it came out. So. Like, I can't hold them too heavy for that. Like, they did fix Still? it. Still? Are they? They're, I'm going to say it's 95% fixed. I've had two stutters. Mm. And, but they're yeah. always stutters during jump scares, which kind of sucks because it ruins the jump scare. Yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, uh, it's that stuff's all good. But I, it's tar- in terms of the game itself, I, I think, uh, for one thing, the graphics are, like, mind-blowing. Like, I think, it, it to me the graphics that's funny i was talking with mike about this the, this exact topic it, the, it feels like a paradigm shift like this is like playing gears of war for the first time it's like whoa i can't believe i'm looking at this game the whole time i'm looking at it. especially the characters the mm-hmm. fidelity of their faces and like yeah. the way that they move and look is just like whoa i think it's the best looking people i've ever seen in a video game so i would agree i feel that's like awesome. to to me like my expectations of it, I feel like are met. I think like it's actually maybe even better than I thought because um, what I expected was an over-the-shoulder uh, third-person shooter horror shooter game. What I got was like Mike Tyson's Punch Out <laughs> <laughs> horror that's game. Good. That's good. Good description. That's really what the combat is. It's it's mm. Punch Out. It's super. That's what I thought. I'm like, oh my god, I'm playing Super Punch Out in this game. I didn't even um, think about that. That's funny. And it's it's like the most like brutal looking combat like like hand to hand. So I, I actually I, I don't think I, I felt like I haven't seen a game mix shooting and melee combat in this way before. Mm-hmm. Cause like when you go into the melee mode, it's like a duel. Like you have this one on one duel against enemies and like they telegraph attacks and it's not like the dodging isn't like quote skill based, you just hold the stick left and your character will like do like a quick boxing kind of dodge. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the melee combat. Like, I there is guns, but I often have I'm full on ammo every time. I just go in and fight my thing in melee. Like, I love the mm-hmm. melee combat. Okay. I really enjoy it. That's so. cool. Uh, you're like seven hours in, right? Seven hours in, yeah. Which yeah, probably like halfway, I think, or or more. Maybe you might be get, you might be closing it up soon. I, I think I've heard. I think it's like twelve hours, hours or fourteen hours. Okay, yeah. So I guess we'll see. Um, that's cool. Yeah, the get. So just to piggyback off what you've said, the game looks insanely good i'm playing it on ps5 i'm actually playing it at 30 fps because the ray tracing is like pretty dramatic and uh, i think i think it's enough of a game that's not like super twitchy skill based that that's not a problem and it's a very consistent 30 it looks incredible on on my tv i would say it's probably like one of the most like demonstrative games for hdr i've ever seen like like the hdr is so like if somebody is like i don't know what hdr is what does it do 
if you show them this game and you're like, yeah, look at these, look, look at this, <laughs> they'll be like, oh, I see, I, I get it now. Um, I'm not sure if I'm loving the combat as much as you are, Kevin. And it may be that I'm just not figuring it out. Like, I think the thing that they wanted you to feel when you're playing this game is that you're just barely scraping by and every fight mm -hmm. is a fight for your life. And I do feel like that. And I die a lot. <laughs> I died a lot like it's the a, first enemy. It's a hard game. So the first enemy killed me. I, had, I was playing a hard. He killed me like 10 times. And I was like, I'm doing something wrong here. And I realized I yeah. was using the right stick. I thought the right stick was for dodging. Uh -oh. and the left stick was for moving. But the left stick is for moving and dodging. Mm -hmm. So that was what I had screwed up. I, it took me a second to get the controls down. But the, every I actually like this about the game. is Every fight doesn't feel like you're going to win. Like mm -hmm. I'll be honest. Like Even after playing like, like a higher skill game, like if I've mastered Bloodborne or Souls, like I can get through a lot of fights and so usually like come out victorious without scraping by this game like every fight is like i'm barely making the fight like it's like you gotta you gotta you, you can't like change weapons quickly like you can't pull your gun like pull your shotgun out quickly and black like everything is awkward and, and difficult to do so you have to like be planned or like commit to what you're doing which i i think really i think it like t heightens the tension of the game which is what they're going for yeah and i think it succeeds in that really well yeah, and, and the gun is about half as effective as the gun in Resident Evil Two Remake. Like, like you're just shooting people, and it's like it's like you you're have scratching the skunk them. gun. Uh, I've got the starting gun. So there, there, it's in a secret spot. But there's this uh, gun called the skunk gun, which is a handheld shotgun. It's basically mm -hmm. the super shotgun. It just blasts oh. guys. Oh really? I do yeah. not have that. I would be using that if I had that. Um, but so if if we if we go back and listen to my what I thought about what this game might be like. At the an E3, I was I was worried that it would be basically more Dead Souls or Dark Souls, Dark Souls, more Dead Space, um, and, and not necessarily like like it looked to me at the time pretty similar, and I think it is that, but it is this melee combat system is different. I felt like the melee combat system was a lot like uh, the Last of Us, but like way harder than the Last of Us than the, the combat in in there. Um, but I'm having a good time with the game. Like, story's silly or whatever, but it's fun. The environments are over the top but just impeccable and gorgeous and um it, i don't know it's been it's it's been pretty pretty fun so far yeah the environments look really really good uh i i wanted to mention john Linneman mentioned this i i think he's right this game doesn't have the breadcrumb system that dead space had where you'd like click the right stick and it tells you an arrow where to go this right. game doesn't have that there's no nav points in the game at all but it's very it is he's right very intuitive like you just i've never got stuck the levels don't tell you where to go immediately, and it's not always obvious, but I've never gotten stuck ever. Never had the, the, the 90s FPS problem for like, where do I go? I don't know what to do. Like, I always was able to traverse forward, and there's even spots where it's like somewhat non-linear, like there's some more openness and exploration. Yeah. There's some discovery mechanics mm -hmm. too, which is I, I like a lot. Uh, I think, uh, I don't know, I feel like this game met my expectation and actually like went past it because it's not just Dead Space again. It's like, this is something different. It's like a different beast. At least that, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, uh, I, I think I would agree with you saying it's weird because I heard like Skillup was saying the game is ruthlessly linear and I'm like, no, it's not. There's been like a couple times where I've been at branching paths where I could go this way or that. Like it's like linear the way that like maybe fear is linear. Like it's definitely a linear game, but like there's lots of little little holes and stuff to go in. Um, I think linear is used like derogatorily and I think that's... Well, or not. just they're just saying it's like ruthlessly linear. Like it's just a hallway is what a lot of people were saying. And I, I don't find linear that sounds to like be that. true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's 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 the, what the description would be. Um, I think that like here's what I'll say. I think in like after the weird hype, you know, unmet expectations, and now there's like a thing like there's a third thing. So like the, some of the critics were like, oh, this game's too hard. The combat's 
not fun. And then if you look at the comments on like N4G, people are stupid critics, just don't know how to play video games. So there's already like a backlash to the backlash. <laughs> I think in a few years, this game will be, will definitely be a classic in the survival horror, but not maybe at the level of Dead Space or Resident Evil 4 or 1, but more like The Evil Within or something like that. It'll be like a little more of a cult classic because there, there definitely are some flaws to it. And, and I do think the combat, like I think maybe once you get it, it's good, but it's um, it can be a little unintuitive. In contrast to God of War, this game does not hold your hand very much. Um, it doesn't explain a lot of things to you. Like Kevin's saying, there is no, uh, there's no breadcrumbing system. There's no waypoints. Uh, it, it has, you know, the diegetic UI, except there are little floating things. Um, I actually think Oren would like this game. Like, if you go in with tempered expectations and play it on PS5, for sure. Um, the, the haptics, the PS5 haptics are sublime playing it with a surround 3d audio with headphones is really really nice the sound is so good isn't it like the production value on this is just like 10 out of 10 i would say the story is maybe 7 out of 10 the gameplay is like in between 8 or 9 depending on what you like like if you like this kind of uh sci-fi horror environment like like you know i think kevin and i do this is just like pudding you know it's the most kevin game there is basically this kind of game So you know, I do want to bring up uh, what you said about skill up. Mm-hmm. Not to uh, rip on skill up a little bit, but um, maybe this kind of sh- goes to show where game journalism is at right now. But I think he got his review copy for Callisto Protocol like on Tuesday mm-hmm. or something, like something crazy like that, and he churned out his review by Friday. Mm-hmm. So he played through the whole game. He released a 30-minute video review of it, which, you know, he has an editor, so it's not like he's doing this all on his own. But for a game that is kind of counterintuitive and is trying something different, like, if I played Sekiro in three days, I would be like, fuck this game. This game Mm -hmm. sucks. I hate the parry system. Like, I would give it a bad review. But now I think it's a classic because it was trying something different and I got used to it. So, yeah. Exact- I don't know. Like That's exactly how I feel. I, I I think this game is doing something really cool and unique. Yeah, yeah. punch out. Let's punch that out. That sounds man. really interesting. Dude, and, and getting into these duels, like these straight up duels with these monstrosities, is just awesome. The guy has a freaking lightsaber. He like pulls his stun on it. It's like, yeah. like it like it, it, it's badass, man. I, Are you I still playing so. on hard? No, I had to okay. go back. To I was like, I'm <laughs> thinking about switching to easy, honestly, which which some people have suggested, just because those those zombies take a lot of hits, at so, least um, early in the game. Don't block, dodge. Yeah, and dodge left yeah. or right. Left. I'm always right, dodging, left. but I feel like I I'm I haven't quite got it yet. But maybe I need a little more time. Um, another it, thing I will it say, it took me a second to click. Mm-hmm. To be honest, it took me like like I, die, I you'll yeah. die a lot. It's like a Souls game. You're gonna die. Yeah, you're gonna die a lot. This is a hard ass game. Yeah. Um, one thing I've noticed is that people who are more negative on the game played on early PC code with massive stuttering throughout the game, and I can mm-hmm. only imagine how much that would hamper the experience. It was real bad. Like Skill Up talked about that. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I've on the PS5. I knew that Sony had invested some money in this game and it had helped them uh, optimize it and and do some motion capture stuff. So I was like, PS5 is the way to go. And it turns out it was like they yeah, pretty much that was the platform they made it for. Huh. Interesting. Sure. I do want to try it. I think I'm gonna uh, try to play through Ragnarok, but if mm-hmm. it just doesn't work out, I'll pivot <laughs> to Callisto. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of want to burn down my my uh, backlog a little bit before I hop on it. Yeah, yeah, it's not a rush, and it, it, it's like 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 I said, like I don't think it's like it's not a masterpiece. 
it's not reinventing the genre. I do think that the melee combat, if it works for you, is is, is a little bit novel and interesting. But it, but it is a survival horror game, but it's just such a sumptuous, gorgeous, well-designed one that like if you're in there for that, you're going to you're going to get a lot out of this game. For sure. Assuming you aren't frustrated by the difficulty. And if you are, turn it down to easy. I don't think there's any any shame in that. I also want to mention there's not an excessive number of set pieces. They are there, but they're not excessive. And that one water part, which they showed in the trailer, controls really well. I was mm. like, wow, this is like set pieces usually have like shit controls and shit mechanics. But I was like, hey, this actually is like kind of fun. Like, <laughs> this is a fun set piece. Like, I like this. I usually hate set pieces like this that go on for too long. But I was like, oh, this is like, like let's keep going. Like, they should make a minigame out of this, have power ups and shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess the one thing I would say is there have been a few too many jump scare quick time events. Like some like a See, I like those. Maybe Ugh. I'm just like a person of that era. I don't like like I, I I like <laughs> the like I'm I'm actually kind of was like oh my god there's quick time events in this game like I hated them the whole time they existed then they were gone I missed them yeah. so I'm glad to have them but man the the God of War Ragnarok quick time events are so bad mm. I just need to say that they're, they're like not even challenging <laughs> they're bad they're just bad like one more thing there? to mention. The gore in this game is, oh my god. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like, <laughs> the, like, is, dude, the character execution moves, I, there's like, I think four per enemy. And I've let some of the new enemies kill me just to see them, because it's like, they're, they're creative. They really spent some time planning these out, doing them, the cap, the, all the animation and stuff. It's, it's Yeah. I appreciate that. They're over the there's top. Some of them are like, WWF like it sometimes <laughs> occasionally like the lighting changes so like when the when the zombie's killing you he's like lit with like he's like backlit in a way it doesn't look natural but looks dramatic he like rips his mouth open so that's like straight like, out of the last of us that's that's literally I was actually playing the last of us like I think that's like an homage to the last of us if like, you get killed by a bloater they rip your face like that yeah um, <laughs> oh it, it, yeah they because right, I was playing right. it the night, the same night Callisto Protocol came out, and that happened to me, and then it happened to me in Callisto, and I'm like, oh, I just saw this. <laughs> mm. huh. I got to play through Last yeah. of Us Part 1, too, on PS5. I'm sure that's awesome. That I'm liking quite a bit. <clears throat> Does Callisto Protocol have, like, cool death animations like Dead Space had, like, whenever you died? Yeah, that's what I mean. There's yeah. like, oh, there's yeah, like four yeah. per enemy. Like like and they're and they're brute like this game oh, has okay. a really sense of like impact and like 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 splatty very like like they, they spend a lot of time on this gore animation, I can tell. Because it's like it's really gooey game. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, they're really well done. They're really well animated. That was yeah. actually something they mentioned a few months ago is that they spent like two years on the gore engine. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I can see that. Uh, it's very uh, in-depth in that regard. Mm. Do you like yeah. the gore in this game more than Resident Evil 2 Remake? I don't know. I think the Resident Evil 2 Remake was really impressive gore. Um, yeah. the zombies. The way the zombies' heads deform and also they, when you they, you they move when you shoot them, it's like you can like see the bullet passing through it and they keep coming at you. The Resident Evil 2 zombies are, are something else. I'll be honest. Yeah. Resident yeah. Evil 2 is a little more naturalistic. Like, I, I dare I say this is a little more yeah. Mortal Kombat, honestly. Yeah. Some of these death animations are like straight yeah, Mortal Kombat fatalities, yeah, and like the the place that you're exploring looks like like the the true sequel to Doom Three. Yeah, like it's dark, it's crazy lights everywhere. There's like literally guts and blood everywhere, like just thousands of gallons of blood and guts on every surface like it's it's just like it doesn't look like a real place in that sense but it's 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 cool man it's it's cool like it's i don't think it's like a masterpiece of a game but it's i'm having a good time 
and I, I it gets it gets a recommendation for me for sure. It's fun. I I really appreciate seeing all of the like those, these ridiculous design elements in such high fidelity. It's like mm -hmm. whoa, <laughs> like I just yeah. threw that guy into a wall of spikes in a game yeah. that looked almost realistic. <laughs> but That's not awesome. it, yeah yeah. It's great. It's great. That all right, fun. Well. That was the Callisto Protocol. Uh, let's talk about Pentiment. You guys feeling repentiment? Yeah. I, I didn't know what Pentiment was until I played this game. So now I know what it is. Wait, what is it? Is. I don't know what it means. Yeah, what is uh, it? Correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, but I believe it's like the whole thing where it's like with age, because artists back in like the 1500s would sometimes you know do corrections on on a painting and basically with time the pigments will start to fade and you can sometimes see like the painting beneath the painting or like the mistakes beneath the painting so the whole idea is that like you have this this mural this fresco or whatever but like you the player you're kind of crafting your own pentiment so to speak or like your own story mm. beneath the story so mm. Uh, I did not know that until I played the game. I had to look it up. Um, I didn't know but... that until just now. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got it right. I could. There, there might be a little bit more nuance to it, but that's based on what I know. Um, I think yeah. that's a really good summary. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Um, well, I guess I'll. I guess I'll try to tee up Pentiment to the best of my ability. And again, like, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike. But basically, this game is a an adventure game that takes place in the 16th century of the Holy Roman empire. And it's fascinating because it's about a period in history that I personally didn't really know anything about. It, it, it takes place during a time when, um, the, uh, the church would kind of, uh, um, be in control mainly of crafting manuscripts and books and art uh, to be valued by the community. So it's during this time period when there was this real blend of art and religion and the Abbey had a lot of power, the, uh, the church. And I just think it's so fascinating playing this game because it's, it's about a setting that I would just not care about, but this game made me care about it. And maybe it's just the power of Josh Sawyer, the designer and, and obsidian, the people at obsidian, but I just, fell in love with this game. I just think it's a fascinating educational tool at this time period of the socioeconomics of this time period, but it's also just a really engaging story that takes, that feels epic and takes place over so many time periods. And uh, I just love it. I think it's one of the best games of the year. What, what do you think, Mike? Yeah, it's my second favorite game of the year, hands down. And uh, I remember I felt the same way about Disco Elysium, where, like, to me, it kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't, you know, read anything about it. I just heard it was good. And I was completely blown away. So Pentiment, uh, I didn't know the story. I didn't know what I was getting into. And, like, the first, I think, two hours, I just, I was like, okay, I, I'm an artist. This is cool. I'm talking to people. There's a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of reading. Uh, but I really love the art style. And... um just like the subtle presentation of everything, right? Like I like how your speech bubble is you painting it. And I like how the uh, print press family, it's block print 
and it has like its own subtle audio cues to it. There's just so much that I've enjoyed about this game. Uh, this is what I was looking forward to. I think I remember last year I said, I'm most excited about what I don't know about. And this, this game was it for me. Yeah. Well, nice. one thing I should mention too, is that the art style is like a manuscript from the 16th century. Like it, it looks like a manuscript, like the way it's drawn, the text, all of that. And it, the game is a lot of reading also like disco Elysium, but and I thought I thought I would have a problem with that. Like I thought I thought that would be a barrier to a, to immersion. But I, maybe it's just the art style, the characters, the setting, the central mystery of it. But I just got so hooked into it, and uh, I just I just think the people at Obsidian they just they're kind of the they're kind of the best at this sort of stuff. This this world building, like they can take something as staid and boring as religion and art <laughs> and 16th century art history and the, and how abbeys worked and make, make them so, make it so interesting. Like I was shocked, like, like the, not to keep ripping on God of War Ragnarok, sorry, but that <laughs> game is a Norse game. And I like, don't give a fuck about most of those characters. This game on the other hand is about freaking nuns and monks. And I'm so invested. It's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. it's it's really well crafted. Uh, the the art style, and the music and the characters they're all they're they're, they're very subtle. Uh, there are some characters that like you kind of hate and you like to hate them, but even they have their own subtlety, and you could be wrong about them. Yeah, I should say that uh, two ma the, there are two two major plot points in this game are two separate murders. So a lot of the games is you trying to like interview witnesses, figure out who the, uh, you know, the per perpetrator was. So the, the game has that hook too, but it also has like a lot of other subtle things too. Like back in, back during that time, dining with other people was considered like this really important part of the day. Mm -hmm. So part of the game is just eating with people and having dinner side, din dinner table conversations with them. And, yeah. That was so immersive. Like, who who would have thought of that? I feel like any other game developer would have completely skipped over that because they'd be like, "Oh, that's boring. Nobody wants that." But it's actually really engaging and it really immersed me in the world. That and the food is very accurate for the time. Yeah. And depending on who you dine with, it depends what you what you get to eat. Yeah, I liked the subtle like socioeconomic factors to that. Like, if you dine with a Pattison, it might be like just like a piece of bread and some pudding. But if you yeah. dine with like the head of the Abbey, it's like a really nice meal, you know, with like pork or whatever, or, you know, whatever. It's just like a very nice fine dining. And I thought like little subtle things like that were just so impactful uh, mm -hmm. to me. I, I just thought it was so clever. And even the typeface, like there's a character in this in the game who has a printing press. So the way his... Um, his uh, dialogue appears as like a printing press. So even sm small things like that say a lot about the characters. It's just a lot of really subtle details in the storytelling and characterization. It's also uh, a little bit heavy hitting. Like there were, there were a couple like really emotional parts in the game that, I mean, it wasn't handholding, right? It's the 16th century. There's war, there's plagues. And it was just, it was so well done and soft and well-spoken, uh, but very impactful. Just the characters are just so fantastic. 
Yeah, I love I love those sneaky moments of transcendence in the game that kind of keep uh, hit me off guard. Like for example, mm-hmm. there was this moment early in the game where I was talking to uh, I believe like a, a monk from Africa or something. And he was showing me pictures of Jesus in his manuscript. And he was like, oh, yeah, like where we're from, like we see Jesus as a black Jesus, you know, and it's just like we, we kind of see that, you know, Jesus doesn't take any uh, one form. It's just, you know, it means to like whatever people what he means to you, like and that's where the bond comes from. And I'm like, oh, my God, like that just came out of nowhere. That was, that was <laughs> just like a dialogue exchange. I was having this ra- with this random character. And I just like the game is just full of like little moments like that. Like even talking to some of the nuns, the nuns will be like, yeah, it wasn't really my choice to be a nun. It was just that, you know, for my family at the time, like giving me over to the church was good for the family. So I didn't really have a choice on what life I had to have. Like you're so blessed, Andres, who's the protagonist, because you got to choose your own life as an artist and travel. And it's just like the game just has dialogues like that all the time. And it's just so fascinating. I don't know. So, sorry if I'm being effusive about this game, but it's really special. Really special game. I want to say one thing. I haven't played the game, but I have to give Microsoft and Obsidian and whoever else, probably Bethesda, credits for putting out a 2D adventure game from a AAA studio. Like, I mean, that is just not a common genre, not a common style. So, like, that, this is a very, like, daring move from them um, to do. So I think that's just really cool. Well, uh, Josh Sawyer, the uh, uh, lead designer, said that they wouldn't have made the game if it wasn't for Game Pass. Mm. Gotcha. That is interesting. Yeah. I hope we see more of this from Mm -hmm. uh, Obsidian, but also just other studios. It's like compared to what we expect from video games to be released, like God of War, right? That's those are like the big action games that people. anticipate for right and then something like this is unique it 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 took a risk it was like a small team of what 13 people yeah uh and and it's just it's so engaging it really goes to show i think more studios need to to take this kind of risk Mm -hmm. it really goes to show that trying to make a game for everyone just i don't know it doesn't pan out. It doesn't pay off in the same way that it used to. Like when I play a lot of these modern AAA Sony games, it's just the the heart and soul is missing there. It feels like it's been carefully engineered for so many demographics. And there's something about Pentiment and other games on Game Pass this year, like Signalis, like Immortality, games that are just like we are making this game. If you like it, cool. If you don't like it. That's fine too, and I just love that attitude. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I agree. Cool. Pentiment, great game. I recommend it. A lot of reading, though. If okay, you don't well, like to read, don't play yeah, it. Yeah, I, I like to read, but here's a question. <laughs> I have started. This is this is. Forgive me. Every, I'm about to say something that might seem slightly blasphemous, but I have started. Uh, 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 what was the other game you guys said this was like? Um, the, the Disco Elysium. Disco Elysium three times, and not. I, 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 I started to vibe with it and then I just never pick it back up after about an hour. Is it, um, do you think I should try Pentiment? I mean, I think I'm going to try it no matter what, but like for somebody who maybe has had difficulty with games that are like more purely about narrative exploration, do you think that this one might, might convince them if they were having difficulty in the past? Uh, no. Yeah. Um, 
I do think uh, the fact that there's like no spoken dialogue, mm-hmm. uh, it will will probably be a automatic turnoff for some people, and that's fine. Uh, it's on Game Pass. I think mm-hmm. it's definitely worth an hour of your time just to oh, see yeah. if it's you know up your alley or not. Um, just enjoy it as like a nice ASMR experience. <laughs> okay, it's got some nice little sounds and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well. Well, I I, I want to kind of jump off that or piggyback off that and just say that if you're going to try Pentiment, you should try to you should play it at least until up until the first murder happens, mm-hmm. because the first couple hours I thought were like kind of slow, like I, I was not yes. really getting into it and I couldn't find the hook. But once it becomes a murder mystery, it becomes way more engaging and it starts to make sense what that game's doing a lot more. I think Disco Elysium is maybe a little bit more obtuse to get into because it's like a totally different kind of world. You have to mm-hmm. like kind of learn what the world is about. Uh, your character is kind of a piece of shit, but you can kind of, you know, redo. Uh, you can role play as him to not make him a piece of shit, but initially he just mm-hmm. feels like a piece of shit. Yeah. So it's a little bit more grating, mm-hmm. but I think I think overall Pentiment might be more accessible. It's also a much shorter game. Uh, Disco Elysium was a pretty meaty experience from what I recall. Yeah. Okay. How long is Pentiment then? Uh, um, I clocked in at like 18-ish hours. So I'm at the 15-hour mark, and I think I'm pretty close to being done. Oh. Yeah. Well, Disco okay. Elysium was like 30 hours. Okay. From, from what I, I recall. Yeah. So also the other thing uh, to keep in mind is there are choices, but I don't think they matter. Not mm. not in the big picture. Mm-hmm. Um, you're playing part of a story, uh, and it's going to happen no matter what. Um, there's no uh, there's no death in a sense, right? Like mm-hmm. like those old classic Sierra Adventure games, right? Like you would I, die if you made the wrong dialogue choice, if you picked up the wrong thing. Yeah, um, that that doesn't happen here. The story is going to move forward no matter what. There's just there's like little things that you have some agency over. Mm. Okay. Pentiment. That sounds cool. I will definitely check that out. Um, I yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it two hours. Let, let it sink in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to that first um, murder, like I I sat up in my chair, right? Like mm-hmm. I was kind of just lazily playing along, and then it happened. I was immediately engaged. Awesome. Yeah, that that's the hook. Like once that first murder happens, it really becomes engaging. But yeah, like I. Honestly, I was struggling for the first couple hours. <laughs> I was like, okay, this seems cool, but man, this is kind of boring. But yeah, mm-hmm. then it gets really engaging. And I don't know. I think I, I would. Re- I think overall, I would recommend this game over Disco Elysium to people, not because one's better than the other, but because I just think this one might be a little bit more accessible. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Uh all right. Well, uh, you guys ever hear about uh, Square Square Enix? That's how you say it, right? Square Enix making a um, remaster, right? What's what's how's that usually go? Not good. Not yeah, good. not good. Not good. Not a uh, not a great track record. Final Fantasy remake record. or remaster? Not not so good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they have about a dozen entries in the bad remasters. However, uh, just recently they put out. Um, it's called. Tactics Ogre Reborn, which is a Super NES game. 
that was then ported to PSP as Tactics Ogre. Let us cling together, which I think is like literally the worst title I've ever heard in my life. I, I prefer Reborn. Let us cling together. Like, like maybe the word cling in Japanese doesn't have the same. Yeah, it's like a Japanese translation. Yeah, uh, but this is uh, kind of the precursor to Final Fantasy Tactics. It's a grid-based tactical JRPG. Um, it's made by the same people who made Final Fantasy Tactics and Vagrant Story and Final Fantasy XII. So it has this kind of different vibe than a lot of the other JRPGs. Like it's kind of like anime Game of Thrones, if I had to describe it. Like there's all this like like sort of like subterfuge and like, you know, like power plays and politics and, you know, betrayals and stuff. But there's still like a young male protagonist who's like, you know, 13 and his sister's his best friend. So like it's still still got the anime, but there's like the Game of Thrones too. <laughs> um, it's, it is a fantastic game. Uh, it, it, it preserves the sort of two-dimensional style of the NES, uh, Super NES, but it also has like, the ability to sort of give you different perspectives, which I don't know if that was part of the um, the original game. It, it, it's really, I, I think people are very happy with it. I've never played the original game, so I can't compare it. But from what I understand, it's a very faithful remaster. It was completely retranslated, so it has a really good translation with high-quality voice acting. Um, it's got a really cool story. Uh, the combat is good. I, I think I might like it better than Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, oh, wow. Nice. Which uh, which is which is one of my favorites of, the, of that grid based tactical genre. Um, I, I'm just having a good time with it. I've I've as we know I've I've had less time to game lately than usual, and particularly games that I can kind of pause and come back to, or you know sit down for a second and not really lose anything have been pretty valuable. And so this game is excellent for that. I have played it on the Switch, and I've actually mostly played it handheld, which is like a an acronym, an anomaly for me. Like that's that's not something mm -hmm. I do, but it, it plays very well handheld. It also plays very well on the full screen. Um, I don't have too much to say about it other than it is a really good product for what it is. It's also, I think, it's not on Xbox, but I think it's on PC and PlayStation consoles. So if 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 you're looking into that kind of game, I could not recommend it strongly enough. It's it's been really fun. Nice, nice. I, I want to try it. Maybe, maybe, yeah. I'll try it. There are a couple of games I want to try before the end of the year. So maybe is that like XCOM? On the docket, yeah. It what? Is it like XCOM, kind of? Is that, is that what they're similar to? Yeah. So I don't know where what the original grid-based tactical game is, but yes, the, it is similar to XCOM. Uh, okay. You even have permadeath. So like, although honestly, the permadeath is not very threatening. Like your character has to be dead for like, I think three whole turns, which like is you can pretty much you can pretty much always get to save them. But yeah, it does have permadeath. It has a really robust class system with like you know different magic users and you know melee types and then um, archers and stuff. And it's kind of a rock paper scissors sort of like you know the uh, the archers hurt the magicians, the magicians hurt the the melee types, and the melee types hurt everybody. But um, it, it's the combat is really good. The scenarios are great. It kind of plays like you know battle chess or something like that. Um, Similar to XCOM, but not a, like XCOM is is a little bit of its own thing, but but they 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 share a lineage. Is it like Fire Emblem then? Yes, when, yes, when, yes. Yeah, when I think of Permadeath, that's the first game I think of. So that's cool. Yeah. So nice. I think that's all I got to say about that. But uh, I like it a lot, and it'll it'll definitely rank somewhere on on one of those lists in the game of the year. Uh, Kevin, you've been going back to the past i have been going back to the past 
I uh, I finally played Silent Hill 2, game I wanted to play for a very long time. Um, and I know Oren and Mike have both played it, so I definitely want to talk with both of you guys about it. I actually have a lot of notes on this game, so I won't, I'll try to keep this you know, within a reasonable amount of time, but I do have like my thoughts on the game, and then I have a, a quick comparison to Resident Evil, because I think that there's a lot of similarities, a lot of differences that are, I think, very interesting, especially when you consider this, this genre as a, as a whole. And I have some things I didn't like about the game. So... The one thing I want to say before this, though, is that um, I'm a huge fan of Metroidvanias, and uh, I've always loved Symphony of the Night, and I play all the Castlevania games, but I never played Super Metroid. It took me, like, years to finally play it. So when I went back and played it, it was like, oh, oh, I see this, <laughs> ah. And it was, like, great. So that's exactly how I felt with this game. It was like, okay, I see. This, this is, the, this is the, the element that I've been missing this whole time. This is where all this came from. Especially with Signalis. It's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> Signalis has got a lot of Silent Hill in it. Hmm. It's like, yeah. I always thought it was just Resident Evil-like, but it's not. It's it's like, it's like what, what do you think, Orin? You played them both. Like, it's like half and half. Yeah, I guess with Signalis, I would say the gameplay is like Resident Evil. The creature yeah. design is like Silent Hill, yeah. while the story is like Nier Automata. That's like <laughs> how I would say That's probably true. The level design um, is like Metal Gear Solid. So the yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. You're right, actually. The the monster design in this game is like not at all like Resident Evil. It's like very I don't even know how to describe it. Like it's like nightmarish. It's like twisted nightmare creatures. Yeah. Yeah. Um like when I I had played this other game called um Cry of Fear, which is like a Half Life One mod, but it's like a really good well made mod that people consider a game. And a lot of the monsters look almost identical. To Silent Hill creatures, it's like, oh, okay, I see. Like Silent Hill has like things that are like floating and like, like you know, like crucified and floating towards you, like really strange, abstract kind of ideas. Nothing that makes any sense. But oh um, no, yeah, it definitely does. I, I think Silent Hill Two. One of the reasons why that game is so famous is because the creature designs are reflective of James Sunderland's guilt and mm-hmm. sexual fears and all that stuff. I was impressed that this game is actually takes place like in a 3D town. Like you run around in a town and it's 3D and like there's streets that are mm. labeled and they have street names on them and you can like explore a couple blocks of the streets and they, the streets change as the game progresses. Most of the game's environments are indoors and I I always think that horror games are the best indoors. It's like when they're in my opinion they're strongest. Um, like you're like in a base, like a tech base or like in a house or you know Spencer Mansion or whatever you know whatever have you. But um, yeah, I, I also really like the voice acting. Uh, I'm playing the HD version, which has two voice acting options. It has the new voice acting, which has like the Joel voice actor. Um, but I didn't play with that. I wanted the old voice acting. I wanted the original experience. So I, I did the original voice acting. But I actually have to say, there's something about the bad voice acting to me that makes things feel more weird and more askew and like more... Weeks. Yeah, Twin Peaks, more dreamlike. It's like like people aren't reacting how they should. They sh- they're not talking how they should, and it makes everything feel stranger. Um, that's definitely how Resident Evil is as well. The original games, like I really like that. That I think that that whole f- design is go- is lost. Like I, I think that's that's like as games get more high fidelity and more expensive, I don't think that we're going to see that again. I guess it's in indie games, maybe. But I know it's weird, but I, I really like that a lot. Um, uh, yeah, I do too. I mean, I feel like that's part of what makes movies like Mulholland Drive so scary is that it's yeah. like weird soap, soap opera acting and mm-hmm. then horrible shit happens. And it's just like, Whoa, <laughs> like yeah. you're not expecting it, you know, not at all. 
Um, Plus the I, the uh, the character animations kind of play into that as well. Like I actually can't imagine like a higher fidelity uh, or you know more serious voice acting with how those models are animated as well. It, like everything has mm-hmm. this dreamlike quality to it. Definitely. I saw footage of the new voice acting and it's not good. It's way too overdone and serious and like dramatic. It just does not fit the game at all. It's like really jarring actually uh, compared to the old voice acting, which is, I like it. Um, and I think this game is probably the first game and, and it does this so well. I'm so impressed by how well it does it where you're in a dark hallway and you have a flashlight and it's real time flashlight lighting and there's like shadows or silhouettes. And I'm like, what did this, like, Doom 3 was like, took this and ran with it in strides. But like, before Silent Hill 2, was there a game that did this? I don't think so. Like, this real time oh. horror flashlight, dark stuff. I'm not sure, to be honest. I, I was like, this has got to be the first game to do this. And like, because I, I just think that that is such like a seminal piece of this game. Like, what makes it it's creepy and scary is, is you know, uh, is all that stuff. So, yeah, I've been. Uh, I've been I've been liking that. I, it's just fun to like go back and like look at all the things like oh oh this 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 and this. But um, there's another part that I found there. He he finds a typewriter and he's like oh a typewriter. I have no use for this. And I'm like is this like- <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. good. <laughs> it's so got to be a joke, right? Uh, it's got to be. Yeah, no, that's 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 a diss on Resident Evil. Um, but, you know, tongue in cheek. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's funny because it still has the same save system type, right? It does. It's a, mm-hmm. like a red square on the wall. A or red something. square on the wall. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, hmm, Signalis has a red square at Ego Save. Signalis, you have to stomp on enemies when they're down. Hmm. <laughs> this is very interesting. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's cool to see because I do really feel like this game is cut from the Resident Evil craft in terms of mechanics. Like, they're all very similar. But the one thing that I found is the enemies are not that threatening. They're almost like kind of. They're threatening looking, but they don't really chase you down that aggressively. Like, you can kind of, like, run around by them, and they're just kind of, like... Like, <laughs> I was, like... I, by the end of the game, I had, like, hundred, hundreds of shotgun shots and, like, pistol rounds. Because if you run by the enemies, maybe on hard, it's really challenging. But I'm playing on medium. And that's that you can change the difficulty for the puzzles in this game and the game, which was surprising. Um, the, the gameplay of Silent Hill 2 is kind of weird because... Yeah, it's not as challenging, the combat and the survival horror mechanics is like Resident Evil Remake or like classic Resident Evil. Yeah, but also not. also the puzzle solutions like usually don't make sense. Dude, they were <laughs> hard. I, I had to look up a lot of puzzles. Yeah. It was like it was like again, it was like Signalis for him. I was like, I have I I'm <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm I'm confused by this one. The one with the coins in yeah. particular was like what? Oh yeah, the coin one. Well, I was thinking like the prison hatch one. Don't you have to get like a voodoo doll? Oh yeah, and like a thread. And it, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> it's doesn't very make weird. Sense. So, but... um, in that, in that, I wrote some, 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 some things down that I observed when playing Resident Evil, old Resident Evil, and this game, and like how I think that they're different. Like to me, Resident Evil is like the environments are elegant, quote realistic. Uh, they're unknown, haunting, and like the fear of the game is like what's around the corner. It's like a visceral terror of like fear to me. Mm-hmm. Or Silent Hill is like rust, industrial, rundown, surreal environments, and the fear of like it's like the fear in this game is like fear from within, and like trauma and loss is like what this game's about. I think they did that really well. I, I was uh, I was really impressed. It, it kind of goes to some pretty dark places that I was like whoa, especially with yeah. Angela's story. It's like oh my gosh. 
I would so, add, yeah, yeah, that Angela story is great. Uh, I think another thing that I would add to the horror is because it's so surreal. Sometimes the environments will just kind of change in a way that you're not expecting them to. And that's yes. part of the horror. Like, uh, I don't want to spoil, but the motel section in particular had some moments where I was like, what the fuck is going on? And it fucks with the map design a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's really good. So Silent Hill 2 is just like very like expressionistic. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like subjectivity. It, it, it modeled the environment. I- at times, it almost feels like a Twilight Zone episode. It's like, I'm in this town, there's no one alive, there's no one here, it's just me and monsters, and nothing makes sense. It's like, and and it's also very metaphorical, like, in like so many ways that it's almost like, like, I think, I wonder if, like, this was one of the earlier metaphorous design ideas. Like, there's a lot of, like, that, like, Miyazaki ended up doing with FromSoft. Like, this game is big on that. I think with the enemy design, the the environment design, the the pyramid head just as a character. Like, I, I had him figured out pretty quickly, yeah. I'll be honest. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, I think I know what this is. I think I have. I, so, it, it, the I don't blue know, it, velvet it, scene that's yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the game is is. I definitely can see why they consider it to be like a masterpiece uh, in this in the genre, um, mm-hmm. because it's it's really like I, I I can't imagine playing this back in two thousand one. Like that would have been very striking. That's when it came out. Two thousand one or two. Yeah, it was before a remake even. It, oh, wow. it was the same year as. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 2, I think, and like Grand Theft Auto 3, and it, it was that that crazy year. That was the year I was games. playing those other two games a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I can see why it's one of those seminal works for sure. A friend of mine uh, got a PlayStation early, mm-hmm. uh, like he somehow acquired a model from Japan, and he brought over his PlayStation 2 to my house, and we stayed up very late playing Silent Hill 2, and it was it was just groundbreaking. And I think you're kind of right. Like it, it, it was an early game to rely heavily on metaphor because we were playing that game. We see, you know, Pyramid Head, you know, the acts that are happening, and we're like, "Wow, this is this is kind of racy." Uh, but it, but as it progresses, you're like, "Oh, that's why." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, this all makes sense. Yeah, it's definitely like a very inward game in that mm-hmm. regard, which I thought was cool. I have a f- couple complaints. Nothing huge, actually, considering how old this game is. I was expecting it to be like have more flaws. Uh, one is the radio, which luckily you can turn it off. But it has this radio that when the enemies are nearby, it plays static, which, mm-hmm. in my opinion, completely kills any tension of the creatures being near you because, like, I, you know they're nearby and it's mm-hmm. play this like annoying grating sound. So luckily you can turn it off, so it's not that big of a deal. But God, James turns slow as can possibly be. Like he turns so slow. Like if he just yeah, turned uh, just like ten percent faster, I wouldn't have said this. But like, there's times when like it's like, it's like, come on, man, just a little faster. So you can change the controls to be stick movement, where he moves in the direction of the stick. But then you have that inevitable issue where you're holding up and you're moving up, and the camera changes, and you're still holding up, and the character's moving down. And it's like, wait a minute. So I still use yeah. tank controls because that makes sense to me. This um, game's fixed perspective. It's both. You can control oh, the camera, but there's rooms where it's fixed and you can't control it. Hmm. Um, there's definitely parts where it's too vague. You need to guide, specifically this statue park part where I had to like, I had to like look up. I did not would have not gone there to. It was like too big and open. I didn't have known to go there. And and the biggest complaint I have with this game, there is too many doors. Every freaking <laughs> part of this goddamn town or building, there's like hundreds of goddamn doors and they're all locked. And it's like, <laughs> oh, the lock's broken. I can't. It's like. 
why is the door here then? <laughs> it's yeah. like I'm in this motel and there's like 40 doors <laughs> like like on this one wall. So you have yeah, to use the yeah. map a lot. There's too many doors. I hope that with the remake, they cut the doors down. Too many doors. Dude, do not have faith in that remake. The guys that made the medium are making it. Do I not. know. <laughs> Don't so have faith. They have the one thing I, 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 I'm going with a cautious, cautious hype. I, I, because they have at least the composer, I believe. Maybe it's actually it's the artist, and it's the composer. I think they have working on it. So maybe it's not the composer. I forget. They have two of the developers working on it from the, from this game. So at least like maybe, I don't know. I know it's Bloober. I know. I I I, I still want to play it. I'm definitely gonna buy it. Mm. Um, Is I, that really next year? Curious. I'm not I, sure. I don't, I'm not sure when it comes out, but I do want to go back because now that you've played the game. Do you know what I mean about James's like opening shot and how it looks weird in the Bloober one? Because when you first see James looking in the mirror in Silent Hill 2 in the classic one, you don't really know what he's thinking because it's like a neutral expression. You can't really and I thought, his face that well. Well, you, you can't really see his face that, that well. And to me, that was like so interesting, like a way to introduce that uh, that character. But in the Bloober Team one, he just looks like any other horror protagonist. He's like, just has a really distressed look. And I'm like, that's not interesting. Like, they even yeah. ruined the opening scene. What the fuck? I, I think, like, <laughs> to your point, they're probably going to miss a lot of the, like, subtleties of, like, what made the original great. And that's probably right. true. And I, I like, compared to Capcom's reimagines, I, I think that's going to be missed, unfortunately. But I still want to play. I'm really curious to see how they'll handle this game from an over-the-shoulder third person, like, will it be more mechanically engaging or... I don't know. Hmm. I, I, I just I also want to say I really like the environment to this game. Um, there's a part yeah. where you're jumping down multiple abyssal pits just repeatedly. <laughs> it's just like, how deep does this go? Yeah, I, just, I, I really, I really had that. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's why I was like, wait a minute, I've done this recently. <laughs> <laughs> My my uh, personal favorite part of the game, like in the early hours, I don't know what your reaction was, but I love the part when you go into that room and it just says, there used to be a hole here. It's gone now. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I loved that part. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> so I was, it I was really, really messed with me. But I really, really like the apartments. I think that's the best part of the game. Yeah. The apartments is great. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So yeah, Resident Evil, uh, or excuse me, Resident Evil, Silent Hill Resident 2. Evil. Resident Evil. <laughs> yeah, Resident um, I was, Evil 2. I was, I, was, I was reading my notes. Uh, Silent Hill 2, great game. Uh, if you if you like survival horror, uh, a seminal work in the genre. And mm. still worth playing today. I played it on the HD version, which is broken. The boat part was completely fucked up looking. It looked like I was just, like rowing his boat in like just gray textureless nothingness, which was mm. a bit sad, because I think I totally get what they were going for with that part. Like I got, I understood it, but, but it didn't, I couldn't see it. <laughs> Um, I do so, want to yeah, call out ahead. that there is a fan-made mm-hmm. um, PC bug fix, fix PC yep. fix, texture mm-hmm. fix, uh, you know, HD textures. Uh, it's gigs and gigs of data. And it used to be like a dozen manual downloads, but now mm-hmm. they have a all-in-one installer that'll pretty much do it all for you. So oh, yeah. now it's like, it, it's, 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 it's really good. Um, the worst part about Silent Hill 2 on the PC was the uh, copy protection, though. So you can't buy the game anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. It is impossible to find like the actual media. It's not available on Steam or good old games or anything like that. So 
Um, you have to be a little bit wily, and mm. you have to use something like uh, Damon Tools Virtual CD. Oh, okay. To oh, properly you mount, mount the image, yeah. you have to. Yeah. Ugh, that's brutal. And it's it, you just can't use like you know the built-in Windows 10, Windows 11 ISO mounter because it will not pass the copy protection. What about emulation? Uh, well, I mean, the PC version has all these nice fixes, you know, yeah, like yeah. like okay. the, the the only you know genuine non-broken version is the PlayStation Two. Yeah. So you can emulate that, yeah. Okay. I was gonna emulate it, but I uh, I am playing my TV and my laptop. I could I had my Xbox in this case, but I just didn't want to like have to like set up a launcher, like do the controls. Like there's just a lot of tediousness I didn't feel like doing. And I'm like, I already have it here. I can play with Quick Resume, which was great, by the way. Quick Resume in this game was awesome. And uh, it, it is a bummer. I went back and looked at the PS2 version, and I noticed that in the PS2 version, all of the enemies have this very slimy, glossy look to them, which makes them look much more gross. That is completely missing in the mm. Xbox version, which sucks. Um, mm. So I definitely think I missed some of the probably the, the nice details, but big picture, I got it. Right. Well, the um in the PS2 version, I want to say too, like the well in the version you played, the fog just kind of looks a little wispy. It looks fucked up. It's it like really fun. wispy, but in the PS2 version, it's like yeah, it's, it's like terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know why they have fog? You know where the Silent Hill fog came from? It was because they were making Silent Hill One on PS1, and they they were yeah. they couldn't register the whole game because of PS1's like graphical. Just couldn't handle it, so they put all yeah. this fog in the game to me, <laughs> and that's just ended up becoming defining part of the franchise, which I actually think is cool. I wish we could. Uh, I wish more game developers would do more retro style horror games like Signalis because, like, it's one thing to have really high fidelity fog; it's another thing to have like really pixely PS2 fog that just looks terrifying. <laughs> just like, oh, what is that? Yeah. The low fidelity, man, it's 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 scary. It's creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it truly is. I also really like the, the, the harshness of the sound design in Silent Hill 2. Um, yeah. I think, and like the original Dark Souls, uh, it, it has that sort of same thing, like the menu selection sound. Uh, it's, it's, it's really harsh mm-hmm. um, and brutalistic, and that's what I really liked about Silent Hill 2. Like everything is, is grating to to a degree and it like i liked the radio kevin because it always had me on edge like i was yeah, unnerved really? by it constantly yeah mm. i t- once i saw you turn on i had to not turn it back on <laughs> <laughs> there's just funny. like there's just like things that silent hill 2 did that i feel like horror games just don't do anymore like which is just like like that that whole thing with the wall where it's like there used to be a hole here it's gone now like you just don't see stuff like that in games now like there's also that part when you're in the bathroom and you like just like knock on a uh, stall and it says, I oh, love can't that. Open. That was so then, funny. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you just like, you can't open it and you try to open it and then you walk away and you just hear a scream come from it. Like out yeah. of nowhere. And you're like, what the fuck? It's like horror games don't do that anymore. Just like these weird, like things that just don't make sense, you know? And it's mm. just not explained. Like it, everything has to be motivated in horror now. Like why, why does it have to be that way? I don't know. Yeah. That <laughs> hell felt very experimental, which I really appreciated about it. I was I was actually impressed with how experimental it is for a, at the time, AAA game. By yeah, a I, studio. I also like uh, how you play the game affects which ending you get. Mm. To, yeah, and, and 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 it's subtle, right? Like it's how much do you heal yourself? Mm-hmm. 
Like how much time do you spend with someone? Like there's there's like a, there's like a couple of the mechanics. It's all metaphors it's, too. Yeah, and it's right. dark. Uh, it. I mean, I think there is kind of a happy ending, but uh, James isn't a good guy. And I think like a lot of horror games try and place you as this protagonist that's trying to do the right thing. Mm. And I think James is, you know, he's, he's, he's not good. He's damaged. Yeah. Interesting. The the, the irony of that is that the only horror game to do that recently really well are the last of us games, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is like as triple A as it gets, but I feel like that's the only one that really truly does it. Yeah, that's true actually. All right. Well, I now I'm envious. I want to. I'm going to get that. A, a certain uh, Scottishman gave me uh, gave me the full the full fixing, so I might uh, mount up that ISO. <laughs> it, it's yeah, it's short too. It's like it's like six seven hours. So oh, nice. that's another benefit oh. of it. So there was a couple parts where I thought the game was ending and it wasn't. And I'm like, wait, I had the, <laughs> as Aaron called Return of the King syndrome, where I'm like, wait, is this over? <laughs> wait, right. Is it over here? Oh, it's not over. Okay. I'm, not that it was bad. It was just like, yeah. I just kept thinking like, it seemed like a part that could be the over the end of the game. And then it wasn't. It's village all over again. Um, <laughs> but it, right. it's worth a playthrough. I think it's good. It's a good one. Oh yeah. No, I, I, if you're checking out Aaron. That's on my list. Like, yeah. Uh, I, I also kind of like the uh, DLC too. The DLC is like a fun little, I haven't played story. that, but I want to try it. It's good. It's uh, it's only like the- an hour long, but it's like a okay. little horror short story that I thought was fun. So, all right, cool, uh, gentlemen. Uh, I think I think we got to wrap up here pretty quick, but uh, that has that has been some good stuff. Do you guys have recommendations, Michael? I'll let you go first if you're if you're ready. I'm ready. Yeah. Um, my recommendation is a novel called Dead Sea by Tim Curran. Uh, it uh, takes place on a boat uh, in the Sar- Saragossa Sea, basically like a large patch of the ocean that is kind of still. Um, it's equally weird fiction and horror. It has some of the most uh, well-described monsters and creatures and just horrific things that like you can you can visualize it so well and it's really well done. Uh, there's a bunch of characters that are, you know, some are good, some are bad. Uh, some are obviously evil, but it's probably like my second favorite book of the year. Um, and I, I was kind of telling these guys earlier, I, I read a lot. I read, you know, every night, uh, I probably go through a book a month. So it was definitely one of the best of the, I mean, I would even say the past few years. Mm, so really? very good. It was out of print. And there was a digital publisher kind of snafu, so it was actually really hard to get, but you can get it on Amazon or, you know, probably uh, Google as well. Okay. Awesome. Nice. awesome. I'll check that. I need to get back on my <clears throat> my book reading. Excuse me. So maybe uh, I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin, do you have a, a recommendation? I do. Uh, I have uh, – so Aaron kept asking me if I watched Unsolved Mysteries, and I was watching the 90s one, which is great, by the way. But I finally I watched – asking the- you this? You kept asking me this. When I finally this? watched it. I don't know a while back. I, yeah, I finally watched the new one, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh wow!" I, it wasn't that you kept asking me; it was that I was mentioning I was watching. It. You kept asking me if I was watching the new one or not. Oh, I see. I see. That's what it was. Um, but I finally watched it, and I I really liked it. And then I watched the episode about the Berkshire UFOs, which mm-hmm. is just like straight up an X Files episode. Like yeah. I was like, "This is so good." I'm like, "This must have been the episode that Aaron watched." Anyway, like I'm willing to bet, like because I know that. Um, <laughs> There was a time when we were young where uh, my brother and dad were driving across the country, 
And apparently, Aaron, all he did the whole time was ask my dad about aliens. Like, the whole time. Because <laughs> we're driving through the desert. I'm like, is this where Area 51 is? Because he loved um, X-Files. So, like, it makes sense that, like, oh, an episode that's, like, full-on sci-fi horror, of course. Like, you know, Aaron, probably, did you like that yeah. episode? You must This have, was right? before the X-Files, this, this famous drive across the country, I should say. Oh, um, really? Yeah, this was, I was, like, nine or ten years old. I know you were a young man. Uh, but I didn't know. I didn't entirely know. Entirely unsolved mysteries uh, inspired. Yeah, I liked that episode. I actually enjoyed the whole thing. Um, it, it was it was a pretty fun little watch. Yeah, it's been a really good show. I'm actually really liking it. So, mm. uh, it's some it's sometimes really depressing and sad. I mean, a lot of them are really yeah, depressing yeah, and sad. More true crime kind of true stuff. crime stuff. But uh, it's it's the it's really well done. It, it doesn't have Robert Stack obviously, but the silhouette his silhouette is in the introduction. So mm-hmm. nice mm-hmm. callback to that. I really I do appreciate that. So good show. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Oren? Yeah, I, uh, I've been watching a lot of movies recently because I'm trying to catch up on, you know, the end of the year. All of this good stuff is in theaters right now. And I was really, really taken by the new Luca Guadagnino movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to see that. He did Call Me By Your Name, which I know Aaron loves. He also yeah. did the remake of Suspiria, which was really good. And uh, he just came out with a movie called Bones and All. And it's a cannibal movie. It's a cannibal love story. So bones if that puts you, <laughs> yeah, bones and all. And <laughs> if that puts you off, mm. that's fine. I personally was really taken by it. I I just really loved it. I I saw it a, cu- a few times in the theater because I just felt like it. I was like, I'm just gonna see this movie a few times because I just I love it when a movie that I love is playing in a theater near me. And it was great because the AMC that was uh, showing it. I think they were using like a 35 millimeter projector and it just like looked really nice. The movie was shot on film and all the close-ups of Timothy Chalamet and like the leads were just so sumptuous. Like, like they just looked good. And I'm like, gosh, more movies need to be shot on film. Uh, I love digital, but uh, sometimes shooting on film, there is a difference and I love seeing all the grain. But anyway, I just really loved this movie. Uh, it made me cry the first time I saw it. And it was just, I don't know. I feel like movies have gotten so staid and they're just so Disneyified now. Like they're, they're like too afraid to show like sexual content, gore, stuff that is going to piss off the average viewer. And this was, it was just so refreshing seeing just a nice fucked up movie, you know, like just seeing a nice <laughs> fucked up movie. So bones and all, I recommend nice. it. <laughs> all right I, I yeah i really want to see that um my recommendation is a little a little uh a little different but um i moved this week and it was uh it was a lot of work but what i did is i hired movers for the first time in my life and i have to say that's that's a difference maker uh my recommendation is if it's if it's feasible if it makes sense if you can do it hire movers if you have to move it it, it, it makes your life a little bit easier so yeah I 100% agree, Aaron. Uh, yeah, I when when, when we moved up here, uh, you know, from California to Washington, uh, we didn't have family to help out, which is traditionally how you move, right? Like you get your dad, you get your uncle, uh, if you have friends, you know, uh, I, I, I've definitely done that. I've been a part of it and I, I've asked people to help me. And when we moved from an apartment to our house up here, uh, we hired movers and I don't ever want to do it another way again. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've, like I, I, I used to have a Dodge pickup, right? And so I remember when we were moving around the Santa Cruz area from like 
Felton to Ben Lomond and, you know, Ben Lomond to Boulder Creek. I would literally do like a hundred trips in that little Dakota, uh, full of boxes, like things would break. Uh, yeah, totally hire people. Sometimes I kind of realize and I realize this as I get older, but sometimes it's just better to pay for stuff than do it yourself. Agreed. (laughs) I've come to realize. (laughs) Yeah. That so, yeah. Do that if if it's possible. If you have to move, uh, yeah. If I had to, uh, you know, start finding all the friends and family and everybody's back condition start coming out of the woodwork, uh, <laughs> it, it would have been it would have been a nightmare. I mean, it was enough of a nightmare as it was, you know, with a six week old. But in any case, uh, gentlemen, that was a lot of fun. It was really good to see you all. Uh, I appreciate you showing up, Mike. It, it was great to have you again. Um, yeah, thanks for having I, me. I want to check in on this God of War thing. I want to know where it goes for you. I, yeah, I, I will. I think, uh... <laughs> Maybe it's I, not going to go anywhere, but I will keep the Discord channel up to date with my progress and my thoughts. And like I said, if I mean if, if it gets better, I'll I'll uh, I'm, I'm I'm happy to admit it if it happens. Cool, cool. I, I feel like I'm the biggest Sony apologist here, and even I'm having a hard time. So hopefully, I like it. I don't know. I, don't I might know. be taking that rollover with my my PlayStation Five ownership and my Returnal <laughs> fanboyism. Um, well, Returnal, <laughs> Returnal's the best PS Five game. Like uh, just, it just is, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just so good. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Well, feel free to drop in on the Discord if you uh, you want to hear more from Mike or uh, other things. We is pretty lively uh, conversations going on there. Uh, Madden, as always, we love you. Madden's uh, produced our theme song, which you heard at the top of the episode. Uh, you can check out Madden on SoundCloud. Link provided in the show notes. And uh, feel free to follow me or Orin or Mike on. Uh, Twitter or I don't know. I don't know what else. I don't know if Twitter's I guess it survived. So I'm on Mastodon now, sorry. Oh, okay. Mastodon. Uh, I haven't yeah. I haven't looked into that one yet, but I've I've heard of, I haven't either. I've heard things. I don't know if I would say good things. I've I've heard a mix of things. Uh but what do you think of it? Uh dude, it's the Wild West. It's like how the internet was uh oh. before, you know, monopolies took over. It's right. uh, it's crazy. It's 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 kind of fun. Okay. Um, as as tradition, uh, anytime I join social media, I immediately start following Jane Ng, uh, uh, longtime friend. But it's just it's funny how it always happens that way. Cool. All right. Well, that's a pod, gentlemen. Thank you so much again. And uh, you know, if if you guys feel like it, watch the Game Awards and uh, let us know what you think. I will be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Kevin and I will watch. Elden it. Uh, Ring right. Hive rise up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Go vote for Elden Ring. Uh, <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> You know, it'd be funny if Horizon Forbidden West won. That would be like just the the most. Or you know what I would love is Honestly, Xenoblade Chronicles won. Something just like out yeah. of left field. <laughs> I'd be more happy if Horizon won because the uh, hype is not as annoying as it is with God yeah. of War. That's true. It does seem like it would be be like, yeah, hey, okay. Yeah. Stray, Stray Hive, rise up. Stray, okay, let's that go. Game's just, all right, that game's just all right. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, I'll, I'll see you all later. Adios. Adios.